At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote getting ready to take on spring Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lombardi line on a Saturday morning presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi back home in New Jersey. Happy Saturday morning to you, sir. Michael, you know, I've been already just getting on Stephen Bond all morning long as I came in. Got to have all the TVs on. I got to see what's going on at the British Open all the time. But, Michael, this is the the American in me, if you will. It, it's It's beautiful. It's 70 degrees sunshine, right? Everybody out there, they're having a great time at St. Andrews. Where's the rain? Where's the wind? Where are the terrible elements that as an American, I grew up rooting for these guys to suffer like we normally suffer. It's just too nice out there. It looks great, right? I mean, I just saw Rory. I was in uh, the office here, and I saw Rory, uh, you know, warming up with a short sleeve shirt on. So, obviously, you know, when you go in short sleeves in Scotland, you know, it must be really warm, especially <laughs> along the coast. But, look, you know, I, I just I, – I love it. It's a fun tournament because it's so early in the morning here on the East Coast. You get to watch it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I love the starting time. I love how the English accent calls the guys out on the first <laughs> tee. And I love the fact that there's no houses on the course. You know, it's just like it's just a track going one way and coming back the other. So it'll be fun. I, I really think, though, David, Rory's McElroy's performance yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. I think the book really feels like the handicappers from the book, the Vinnies, the Thomas Gables, the Carl Johnsons, I think they feel like Rory's going to win this thing. I mean, they set his odds at 4-1. to one. Mm-hmm. He's at minus 10. He's within three shots of the lead. So we shall see. Yeah, speaking of, we're going to have Thomas and Carl on today's program as well. So we'll get their thoughts on uh, basically where they've, they've taken a lot of the action, even in-game, as you mentioned, because you're right. You look up and Cameron Smith is the favorite, obviously, about plus $1.75. But to your point, you're seeing Rory 4-1, to one, even as short as I'm seeing uh, at some places like DraftKings at, at plus 3.30. So I, I think you're right, Michael. I think a lot of the, the, the sharps out there and certainly the people uh, at the books are planning for Rory McIlroy to be there uh, within the weekend. And certainly he's right there right now. Cameron Young, the other Cameron, if you will, plus 750 out there. And then you get to the Victor Hovlands at 8-1, to one, the Dustin Johnsons at 10-1, to one, Scotty Scheffler at 10-1. to one, and Tyrrell Hatton at 22 to one. Would you go with the guy that's, is it, do you feel like it's going to be Rory and the two cams? Or do you think a Scotty Scheffler and a DJ could have a really good day today and put some pressure on those guys? Because I felt like Scotty Scheffler, 
Even though he's number one in the world, Michael, it's a weird feel for me. I still feel like people doubt him, even though he just won it at Augusta. Not doubt him like he can't win, but it's, you know, for somebody that's already got this many wins on tour in this short amount of time, I feel like people are still believing it's too good to be true. Well, I think this, you know, I, I think this is right now where this leaderboard is. It's a little bit like trying to forecast the MVP in football, right? We know it's going to be a quarterback. We know it's going to be one of five or six guys. And if the odds are good enough where you play it, you know, you can bet $500 on five different guys mm. and end up making a profit. And I think if you took, you know, Dustin Johnson at 11 or 10 to 1, Thomas Gable has him at 10 to 1, Scheffler at 11 or 10 to 1, you know, if you bet Hatton at 8 to 1, and, you know, you know, you can't bet Cam Young at 8 to 1 and then find somebody else. Right. If one of those guys hit, you're going to make some money off of the deal. But, you know, you're trying to play Rory at 4 to 1, you can't put him in that because you'll lose money if he wins. So, or you'll lose a hundred dollars if he does win. So for me, I, I think that's it. And, and the other thing, you know, watching Will Zalatoris this morning, he just birdied nine before I came on, mm -hmm. on air here. I, I mean, it looks like scoring today, David, as you complained about the weather not being there, <laughs> it looks like scoring is going to be here. So, you know, I mean, Dustin Johnson plays this course really well as, as will, as Wes Reynolds talked about yesterday, mm -hmm. you know, I think Scotty Scheffler still, if his putter's hot, like it usually is, he can come back at a 10 to one. It's a good play. Yeah. You're exactly right though, about the course. It, if there's no wind and there's no rain, it's indefensible. These guys are going to eat it alive and they're doing that. Uh, uh, certainly for the, for the first two rounds when you've got four guys in double digits after two rounds, uh, Victor Hovland, Roy McIlroy, 10 under, Cam Young at 11, and Cam Smith at 13. Those guys are going to tee off, I believe, in about 30 minutes or so. We're getting close to the, the leaders starting to take off. Tyrrell Hatton's an interesting guy at 20 to 1. Of course, he'd be a popular choice over there, if you will, at St. Andrews. He doesn't feel like he's got the same firepower that DJs and Scotty Scheffler's have, and certainly Cam Smith, the way he can roll it, and Rory, we all know, at the top of his game but it's it, this the Scheffler thing to me Michael feels like Brady and the Patriots when they won it the first time when they beat the Rams and the Rams were the greatest show on turf and and nobody thought the Patriots could win that and we didn't really as a as a collective believe that Brady was that good and and, and it's not that it's stuck with Brady throughout eternity because I certainly think he's the greatest that we've ever seen I'm not saying Scotty Scheffler is going to be that guy he's not gonna be the Tom Brady of golf, but I do think even though the success has come so quickly and so much this year, they still look at a Rory, they still look at a DJ, and they drool over the natural talent that those guys possess. And it's almost like we forget the actual accomplishment again of what a Brady has done and what a Scheffler has done. So for me, when I see Scheffler at 11 and 1, that's what uh, Thomas Gable's got at the Borgata, I kind of look at that and I go, to me, before these guys tee off on a, on a Saturday, Scotty Scheffler, I'd be stunned if he's not in this calculus when we're talking this time tomorrow. Well, I mean, especially as the weather holds up. I mean, look, first of all, Scotty Scheffler's pedigree is outstanding. I right. mean, you don't get a golf scholarship to Texas without being an elite player. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, let's just be clear here. I mean, it's the Alabama, if you will, of college football, right? I mm -hmm. mean, Texas golf is big time. And Oklahoma, all those Big 12 schools, you deal with win when you play in Texas, too. So Scotty understands how to play, plus his putter. You know, the guy who's going to win this tournament is, is the guy whose putter's really hot. If the conditions stay the way they are right now. Yeah, because what we're seeing with Zalatoris is we're seeing a guy who, you know, is lights out. He bogeys, I think, the third hole, but then he gets shoots 33 on the first nine. You know, and if he comes in there, I think it's too far for him because what, what happened, what's going to happen to him is if Smith, Young, McElroy, right. Holvin, all, all those guys, if they go four or five under, it's going to be too hard for Will to catch up. If they get bad weather in the afternoon, that would help Will out a lot. But I, I think Scotty Schefter at 11 or 10 to 1 is a great play. Yeah, me too. And again, I think what we're trying to do for everybody out there that wants to hop in, and I saw some people out there on Twitter that, that I know and respect that they took flyers and guys like Justin Thomas at 400 to one coming into today's action. And I thought, what are you doing? If you're, if you're 10 shots back or more on a normal, you know, major championship with weather's going to be bad or what have you, you might be able to make up those shots. But to your point, Michael, I don't see that happening to me. This is a yeah. top flight golf course. These are the guys that have not teed off yet that if I was going to take a stab at, at, at a longer shot, it's not going to come past the Tyrrell Hattons, who, who eight under par, and the Scotty Shefflers at eight under par. Those guys are only five off the lead. If you're too far back, 
I just don't see it going out there shooting 62-62 on a Saturday-Sunday to make up that ground because these other guys are going to go low, as you mentioned, because this golf course, there is absolutely no defense for it. Now, right. I'm curious from your perspective as a GM in the NFL, when you have a team and you got 53 guys and a coaching staff that you have to keep mentally prepared for the biggest game, whether you know it's a conference championship game or a Super Bowl, I wonder if it's easier or harder to do it with a group or, in this case, individuals. Because I heard Cam Smith say, I, I got to do the same thing that I do. I got to eat when I eat. I got to go to the range when I go to the range. I got to hit the same balls in the range. And I got to keep everything boring. And he smiled and he said, but it works for me. How do these yeah. guys sleep well knowing what's at stake and not let the, the situation get to be too much? Well, I think what you're always trying to do as a coach or as a leader, whether you're coaching a group or coaching an individual, is to stay in the moment. I mean, look, the United States Navy spends over $200 million to recruit the best men and women to join the Navy SEALs program. And they start out with 180 people that go join, men and women. Mm -hmm. And by the time it's over, there's only 25 left. And it's not because... Most of them couldn't do the push-ups, the sit-ups, run the mile in a fast time, carry the logs, swim, any of that. It's because they couldn't handle the volume every single day. And for you to be a great team or for you to be a great player in an individual sport, you got to handle volume every day. You got to do the same thing every day and not get bored. You've got to be able to play born to run like you've never played it before. <laughs> and I think that's the best golfers. That's why Tiger's so good. That's why Tiger's statement about the live tour why go hit balls if you're going to be guaranteed money? Because right. Tiger's conditioned to go to the range. He's conditioned to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'll play Born to Run every night like it's the first time you've ever heard it. Those are great. That's what we call competitive stamina. And what fuels competitive stamina is the ability to do a routine every single day. That is fascinating. And very quickly, when Brady and, and the Pats win the first one, is Tom Brady still as driven, money, success, Hall of Fame, GOAT, whatever – is he today that same driven guy that he was back before that first Super Bowl? Because I think you're right about Tiger. Like, I don't, I don't think Tiger's ever changed the calculus. Money didn't change no. it. It was still about the all-time, trying to be that mythical all-time best ever. Well, I think, he, you know, one thing about Coach Belichick and Tom Brady, they both have unique competitive stamina. I mean, you know, I was talking to a coach in college football yesterday the other day that has worked for Bill, and he's worked for some other great coaches in the league, and it was very clear. He made the statement, look, it, it, I've been around – there's nobody close. Nobody can do as much work and as much volume as Belichick can, even though he's got six Super Bowl trophies sitting in his case. Mm. That takes competitive stamina. Same thing with Brady. Same thing with Tiger. Same thing with Michael Jordan. These guys, same thing with Peyton Manning, even though Peyton Manning, you know, he broke down. They want to do it all the time, and that's what makes guys great. That's why, you know, some guys look at the live tour as, as a way to cop out. It's an easy path because you don't have to go to the range. You're guaranteed to make the money. Yeah, it's, it really is. It, uh, and that's why I think the criticism is fair by some of the people like Rory's and like the Tigers uh, of the world. I, I, I get it, it, but I also get why they did it. Yeah. I also, you know, because, look, the path of least resistance – which is what the path they've taken, is oftentimes the path most take. Yeah, you're right. It's the easy way. It really is. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to be a Navy SEAL. you got to handle the volume. You're 100% right about that. All right, much more to get to here. Just getting it started on the Lombardi Line on Vista, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code VEGAS1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses for details. Use the bonus code VEGAS1000. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. Carl Johnson is going to join us later on this hour. Thomas Gable is going to join us from the Borgata in hour number two. Michael, I almost – I. I not that I hate when I see this, okay, because I don't like to use that word. But I always get a little bit – there's a little consternation when I see articles in June from the Bleacher Report and other places that already put coaches on the hot seat, right? Like, we haven't begun the season, and some of these guys, quote-unquote, theoretically, might be feeling the heat. And while we in the media and or fans might think it's contrived, I wonder if it's a reality for some coaches, Michael, that they actually feel like, all right – yeah, maybe I've been here X number of years. If I don't get something done, great. There might be an uncomfortable conversation coming with the GM. Bleacher Report listed Pete Carroll, Frank Reich, and Matt Rule as those guys on the potential theoretical hot seat. Let's start with Pete Carroll because he is 70 years young, right? And he's got a really good thing, I think, with Schneider there in Seattle. You get rid of Russell Wilson – we don't know what they're really going to do at the quarterback position if they're looking to next year for the draft or if they're really going to go with Drew Locke this year and or Geno Smith. Is Pete Carroll on the hot seat if that is the outlook for the organization that we might not even have the quarterback on the roster this year? Well, I think when you go back and look over the history of the Seattle Seahawks under the direction of the Allen family, right? Paul Allen owned the team. His, daughter, his sister Jody now has taken over. Uh, and you see what they talked about. At the end of the year, Pete and John spent a lot of time with Jody Allen. Uh, not their typical meeting, which is usually, from what I'm told, three or four hours. This was a week-long meeting to kind of go over everything and laying out a game plan for a long-standing improvement of the Seattle football team. Mm. And so that part of that plan, I believe, was the trading of Russell Wilson, the redefining of the team. And I don't know if, if it was going to be a one-year deal for Pete, if he didn't get assurances from the owner that it was just a one-year, you've got to win, then why would he trade Russell Wilson? Right. I think he's got to know more than we know about his longevity and his career there. And l then let me ask you this question. How are you going to get a better coach than Pete Carroll? You know, <laughs> Good luck. I mean, like everybody wants you to fire the coach, but who's out there that's actually better than Pete, right? Okay, you say, well, you could hire Sean Payton. All right, you could hire Sean. Sean's a really good coach. But now, all of a sudden, what are you going to do? You know, are you changing the whole organization? You know, you got to think through these moves a mm -hmm. little bit. And, you know, when you realize the coach can't succeed because he's just limited, you know, Matt Nagy, for example. I mean, Matt Nagy may be a wonderful offensive coordinator. He may be a wonderful, you know, assistant coach. But as a head coach, he was not very good. He lacked toughness. His team lacked toughness. He wasn't demanding. He didn't hold the players accountable. There was nothing in the leadership role when you watch Matt Nagy that you would say he's going to improve. Mm. See, this is where I think we get caught up as fans. We're constantly looking at the scoreboard. But when you're an owner of a team or a general manager of the team, you've got to not look. You've got to see what the evidence is. You've got to see if the coach can gain confidence without evidence. 
And I think that's ultimately the case. If, if you're sitting there, if I'm the GM of Seattle, I'm saying to myself, if I fire Pete Carroll, am I actually going to get a better coach than Pete Carroll? I'll get a newer coach. I'm not sure I'm going to get a better one. It's <laughs> a great point. And, and, and the other thing, the two narratives that you're going to hear a lot, certainly about guys like Pete Carroll in their 70s, is, oh, the game's passing them by. Right now they're 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 old school and we're in a new school analytical age and they're just not adapting, which I hate hearing that conversation. And then two will be we need a new voice, like the same voice. Well, like what? Do those well, I think ever that's make often sense? true. I think sometimes when you you know like I was on WIP uh, the other day and they asked me about the Phillies. I said when the team doesn't respond to the manager. You know, they need a new voice. I think when when it's when you can't get the team to play. I don't think Pete's team. I mean, look at the end of the year when they beat Arizona. They were playing. Were they talented? I don't think so. You know, and Pete made some tough decisions. He fought, he gets rid of Mike Solari, one of his close friends. Mm-hmm. You know, he fires Ken Norton as his defensive coordinator, who he loves. As he, you know, he's had Ken Norton there twice. He's fired him twice, but he loves Ken Norton. But he's made some harder decisions, which I think you have to do. Look, I think it's a lot easier to repair than restore. Right. Right. So if Pete's willing to repair his organization, it's a lot easier than trying to restore what he did. And if he's lost his voice or he's lost his will to work, right? If he doesn't have the energy to want to do the little details, which required at the profession, then you've got to make a change. But if that evidence is there, why would you? You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I think about Jay Wright, who just uh, stepped away from Villanova with all the success there. And when I heard Jay explain why he stepped away, he said it was for, it was for something he just laid, laid out there. That Jay Wright felt like when he went to practice, he was not giving all the things that he could normally give. Pete Carroll is a guy that you can see the energy in Pete Carroll. And so right. it, it almost feels like Pete would be the one to say, I don't have it anymore. You don't have to tell me. But it doesn't feel like we've, we've reached that stage. No, I don't. And I think Jay Wright's the perfect example. I think what Jay Wright realized is in today's college basketball environment, Jay Wright's style of coaching, his ability to develop players, his ability to coach players hard, his ability to have years of stacking of really good without transferring, the ability to improve players kind of was getting away from him. Mm -hmm. He couldn't be Jay Wright. He couldn't be Jay Wright. And for him to be a great coach, he's got to be Jay Wright. He can't modify it. Right. You know, and, and I think that, that he said, look, I'd rather walk away from the game than try to be somebody that I'm not because off, non-authentic leadership will never work. A great point. And so I, I, I think that's why he walked away. The landscape of college basketball is so treacherous that you're better off being at a Atlantic 10 school. Okay, where you're going to recruit two and three star kids and you're going to work to get them better. Now, you might lose the guy once he plays really well, but like St. Bonaventure, they don't lose guys. He coaches that program as if it's always the guy. You know, he's got a way to develop the talent. He's got a good program and nobody's stealing his players or they're leaving early for the draft. That's a better system. Jay Wright would be better at St. Bonaventure than he would be at Villanova in today's landscape. Yeah, no doubt. And again, there's certain coaches like a Jay Wright, certainly at Villanova, Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, Pete Carroll at Seattle. I think they've almost earned that right because of the success they've had to say, I'll step away when it's my time. Frank Reich in Indianapolis is is an interesting uh, side story here because I think we look at Frank and go, well, he was part of Philadelphia when they won it all. He goes to Indianapolis. He has some initial success there, maybe not the highest of highs yet. Do you think it's fair for Bleacher Report to put him on the hot seat in Indy? I don't see how he's on the hot seat. I mean, again, you know, he's changed his, you know, Eberflus leaves, which, you know, I, I think if you really understand the Colts, that the, the Bears hired a coach that I'm not sure the, 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 the Colts wanted back. Mm. I, I think there would have been some conversation of how we're going to improve our defense. Wow. You know, Will, Will Hill came on this show yesterday and talked about they weren't as good on defense as people think because of the 33 turnovers. I don't disagree with Will on that commentary. They were just so vanilla in what they did that if they didn't turn the ball over, people could move the ball up and down the field. So I think they got better by just – Eberflus leaving and going to Chicago. I think that was a huge plus for them. Then they bring Gus Bradley in, who's a little bit along the Eberflus lines in terms of vanilla-ish. But then they bring John Fox in, the former head coach of the Broncos, the Bears, and the Panthers. And he's more of a, you know, he's going to tailor some things, red zone and, you know, two-minute to help them. So they've improved there. I think Matt Ryan still can throw the football. 
And I think they're going to be a better team. And then again, where is Chris Ballard going to find a better coach than what he has in Frank Wright? You know, Frank Wright's demanding. He holds players accountable. He's played in the league. He understands what it takes. Just because they haven't fixed the quarterback position doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing. I mean, you just can't naturally, like Will Hill said yesterday, you can't call 1-800-QUARTERBACK <laughs> when you need one, like Parcell said. You just can't. You've got to try to find a way to manufacture the best thing you can until you get to that guy. Pete Carroll did this in Seattle. He drafts, he signs Matt Flynn. He trades for Charlie Whitehurst, a horrible trade, but he did it. And then he drafts Russell Wilson. Exactly right. And by the way, I have a big affinity for Coach Fox. Got to work with him for a couple of years there in Chicago. So uh, my best to him in Indianapolis. And you're right. That feels like now you're getting a, another coach, uh, a former head coach with a lot of success as a head coach in a couple of different places. I think that staff got a little bit better very quickly in the last minute. We talked a little bit about Matt Rule. He was on that list there with, you know, Joe, Joe Brady not working out there as the OC. Do you think this might be a year that they're really looking closely at Matt Rule? Well, I mean, he's got a seven-year contract, and I think everybody this time last year was talking about Matt Rule being this is the year he's going to turn the corner. I think their team's more talented than 5-12 five, than five and 12 last year. I think they'll be better. I think the quarterback, once it works itself out, now if I'm David Tepper, who's run the greatest hedge funds in the world, mm. if he sees progress, I don't think he'll make a change. Michael, when we come back, there is a player on a new team that says that his new team might be just as good as one of his old teams that won a Super Bowl not that long ago. We'll tell you which team and which player we're discussing when you come back with us right here on the Lombardi Line. And a reminder, Carl Johnson and Thomas Gable are going to join us in hour one and hour number two. Just getting started, Lombardi Line here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN continues their coverage of the NBA Summer League through the finals tomorrow. You can catch Jonathan Von Tobel with Matt Humans, Hardwood Handicappers tomorrow as they wrap up Summer League play right here in Vegas. They've had special guests, exclusive content, live updates all throughout the VEASAN shows all of last week and into this weekend. So for more, follow us at VEASAN Live on Twitter and at VEASAN Live on YouTube. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line here on a Saturday in Las Vegas. Michael back in New Jersey. And I mentioned as we were going to break, Michael, that there is a player that's very, very high on his new team. Now, I don't know if this is as much as I'm going to say it out loud, speak it into existence, but Tyreek Hill says that his new team, the Miami Dolphins, reminds him of the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs team now, he specifically pointed out that team, which is very interesting, obviously. Not just saying it reminds me of, of the Chiefs, but of the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. So, Michael, do you think there's any truth to this, that Tyreek Hill can really look at what they've got in Miami and make some comparisons to what he saw at the best of times in Kansas City? Well, I mean, the, I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I think they certainly have great skill players. I mean, Gusecki to Travis Kelsey is comparable. I'm not saying, you know, Kelsey's been proven to be a better player. They're both similar in what they do. They're both big receivers. They're not really great blockers, but they make plays in the passing game. You know, Waddle certainly is a good receiver. Hill gives them an inside slot, so they've got that combination going. Uh, they've got a running back by committee similar to that. Their offensive line I don't think is very good. They're going to have to prove to be better in Miami. But I think it all comes down to when you make this claim, you're, you're, what you're really saying is Tua is as good as Mahomes. Mm. And I, I just can't go there. You know, that, that to me is what we call on Sundays with Patrick during the season. That's a John Oates play. We, we can't go for that. You know, we're just not going for that. And so, you know, I mean, I don't see it. You know, I don't know what, you know, there's been a great, great PR uh campaign coming out of Miami to give Tua more confidence to try to build his him up. But uh, I, I think ultimately that's going to be really hard. You know, we saw you look at some of the potential for coaches of the year and uh, McDaniel there in Miami, I believe right, right around 16 to one that you can get a bet MGM. So you also have a, a first year head coach taking over. M Michael, how does that work? That, that now all of a sudden you've got expectations, but you have a, a young head coach 
never done this before at this right. level. So does that come together that quickly that this new guy with the rah-rah energy can come in with these new pieces and now a new quarterback, but two has been there, and say, all right, it's my way, guys, and let me show you, even though I've never done it before, can you have instant success with all those variables? Well, I think what Miami did was, which is classic what most teams do when they fire a coach, they hire the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. So they didn't feel like, they didn't feel like Brian Flores was playing nice in the sandbox that he was too demanding on everybody. So they hire Mike McDaniels, who will certainly play very nice in the sandbox and share his toys, you know? And so Mike is only going to worry about the offense. He's not going to worry about what Josh Boyer's doing on defense or what's going on in the kicking game, nor does he care what, what Chris Greer's doing in personnel. So really they hired an offensive coordinator that they've elevated to the head coaching ranks. And so now everybody becomes, and this is a great word in the National Football League, it becomes a collaborative effort, mm -hmm. right? Everybody's involved. We're all <laughs> going to play nice. We'll go to Dairy Queen after the game. <laughs> you know, everybody will get an ice cream cone, all that stuff. But does it work in the NFL? I, I don't know. I don't think it does. No. It's I think the NFL is a supreme commander organization. Somebody's got to walk in there and say, look, Josh, you know, you're playing cover zero against the Pittsburgh Steelers on third and five with 20 seconds to go before the half, you know, and, and you give up a slant for a touchdown. Like, we can't do that. Like, that's just not smart football. Somebody's got to stop that, right? You know, and so what you saw last year was Boyer was kind of limited. You could, I could see it on the sideline. Flores was running more zone, more kind of combination stuff as opposed to just zero coverage with Boyer wanted to run with no middle of the field player. They, that got them better in the second half of the season. So we, we'll see what McDaniels can do. Here's the fascinating thing about narratives in the National Football League is McDaniels is viewed as a running game coach. That's what, that's what, his, that's what his propaganda campaign is, you know? And so – and now all of a sudden he's a guru, you know? I mean, their passing game in San Francisco, let's just be clear here, is all play action. There's no drop-back pass there. When Kyle has to go to a drop-back pass game, it's not a good look. No. But he gets behind in games, it's not a good look. Well, I look at two as numbers, and a couple of that just jump off the page to me is when I look at yards, and I know that sometimes, you know, some teams, they throw it a whole lot more than other teams do, but is two a guy that can throw for 4,000 yards in the NFL? Because it feels like to today's day and age, you got to have a guy that's at least capable of that. Whether or not he can do it is another thing. I don't even know if he's capable of it, Michael, where you're going to say, you know what, we're going to make Tua, and we're going to drop him back, roll him out, whatever. 30 times a game and get the, the cheetah involved and get these weapons that we're talking about involved. It really, at, the, at this case, is Tua Tungavailoa ready to take that step? Because, Michael, it looks like that's what they're giving him. They're get, when you bring well, in a Tyreek Hill, that's not to run the football, right? This is to, to get more dynamic in the pass game. Well, they were eighth in the National Football League, David, in attempts and passing. Now, a lot of that probably was because they were behind. They started the season off, you know, with one win, and then they had the seven-game losing streak. So, you know, but then they were eighth in passing attempts. Now, here's where it gets worse. They were 26th in yards per attempt. Right. Okay, so they're throwing it, but they can't get it down the field. You know, they can't get it down the field. They can't really make enough plays in the passing game to get it down the field. And, and I think that's part of the, that comes on Tua. I mean, there, there, were, there were at least over, I think there was 10 games he threw for less than 200 yards. Oof. You know, I, I mean, 10, I mean, actually, you know, if you look at it, there were, no, there were 11 games he threw for under 220 yards. That, 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 it's just, it jumps off the page. 2,600 yards is what he had last year, 2,653. And, and I just look at that and I go, in today's NFL, and again, you're bringing in this guy, this offensive guru, who's, you just pointed out, is basically a running game coordinator. And now we're right. going to open up the keys with two. It feels like a square peg in a round hole. Is this going to fit? Well, I mean, last year, with the last game of the season, when New England really didn't have any advantage to want to win the game or not, he threw for 103 yards. Now, they scored 33 points, right? You know, New England, New England threw for 250 yards against them. Mm. Tua threw for 103. You know, <laughs> I mean, threw for 103. I, I mean, and they won the game. They won the game because New England turned the ball over three times, and he didn't. So, you know, Tua's never going to throw the ball down the field. And, and I think where we make a mistake about Tua is he's not an elite athlete. He's a good athlete, 
but he doesn't have great speed. He doesn't run away from anybody. Mm. You know, he's not going to avoid sacks. He's not going to be able to get out of it and create a new play. I mean, he's got to be able to check the runners at first and throw, set his feet before he can throw it down the field. He doesn't have an, a stack, a, an electric arm where he can just fire it. Patrick Mahomes, third and 17 in the, Super, in the Super Bowl, scrambles to his right, throws it across the field to Tyreek Hill for the first down, gets that game going, and they end up winning that game because of that conversion. That's not Tua. 66 to 1 to be MVP. Maybe we got it all wrong. Oh, my God. Who's going to just light it up That's this year? That's a St. Jude's pick. I mean, did you see recently? I just said this. A bunch of people have sent me this on Twitter. Now, Mitchell Trubisky is getting a oh. lot of MVP votes but, but with Pittsburgh. I mean, please stop. I mean, can we stop? I mean, I, I urge everybody, when you're t- making these bets, St. Jude's, let's help some children out in Memphis, okay? <laughs> Send the money there. You get a tax deduction. That's right. You're wasting your money on that. It's a St. Jude's play. Go give it to St. Jude's. I support it completely. Well, I'll tell you this, and our buddy Brian McFadden, we've had on, on the show here, two-time Super Bowl champion, formerly the Steelers. He and I are in a group text together, and, and that was out in the group text yesterday about Mitchell Trubisky being MVP, and um, he was silent. So I know I know BMAC well enough to know that when he doesn't believe in the guy they got there in Pittsburgh, I don't know why anybody else would believe that Mitchell Trubisky is an MVP candidate. But we'll see if that plays out. Two at 66 to one. At least the weapons are there. I mean, he's he's got the, the, the things around him and Jacecki and Tyreek Hill and now this offensive guru coming in as a head coach. So I can I can understand where you would connect dots and say maybe there's a chance there. But it, it all comes down to the signal caller, to the guy that actually right. has to and, make and the plays. If you talk to anybody who was there, who has left, their concern is, can Tua do it? I mean, they are, there's everybody there is concerned, whether it's personnel guys who have taken jobs somewhere else, coaches who have gone somewhere else. The first question I ask them is, well, what's the word on Tua? They're nervous. They're worried. I mean, they watch practice every day. Yeah. You know, you've got the media perception. You've got the political campaign that's going on. And then you've got reality, you know, and you've got reality. Look, they picked this guy over Justin Herbert. The fact that we're having this conversation is ridiculous. You know, if they have Justin Herbert on their team, they might be the best team in the East. They may be better than Buffalo. That's why I I rely on people like yourselves that, that watch tape and see, like, media, fans, all of that. That's great hype. But the guys that actually watch the tape, as they say, tape don't lie. And when you see it on tape, tape it does not lie. And right now the tape does not look really good so far into a tongue of my law. Uh, the leaders, by the way, getting ready to tee off here at the British Open. We'll keep you updated there. Carl Johnson is going to join the program next. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using the code VEASAN200. Win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any MLB game and either team hits a home run regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with a king of sportsbooks. Eligible restrictions to apply. MLB trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Back alongside Michael Lombardi. I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi line. And Michael, are you good with geography? Uh, sometimes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially American geography. Okay. I think I can get that down. I'm with you on that. That's my point. Like, What's the body of water there by St. Andrews? Is it the North Sea, Black Sea, some sea? I don't know. No, that one. I thought it was the North Sea, but, you know, don't hold me to that. I don't know. Okay, because our next guest Carl Johnson, the race and sportsbook manager, MGM Resorts at Beau Rivage. Michael, I'm wondering what the body of water is that <laughs> that he has directly behind him. Are you? Oh, that's Biloxi. That's Biloxi there. <laughs> that is that's... beautiful, Carl. What do we What do we have right behind you? Yeah, you know that's right outside the back of the office here at the book. That's uh, that is the Gulf of Mexico. That's uh, that's the little bay leading out to the open water there. Beautiful I, today. I thought you were over at the British Open for a second when I saw that, Carl. It looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, let's, I wish. <laughs> let's start right there, gentlemen. I mentioned that uh, right now we got Rory McIlroy getting ready to tee off here to begin the third round of the British Open. Uh, Carl, are you seeing a lot of people get in in-game, if you will, or you know, after rounds one and two as they kind of see where the tournament's headed? Do you have some new liabilities after what you've seen through the first two days? Uh, yeah, you know we, uh, you know every day they they, you know we update the uh, the winner of the the tournament every day. So yeah, people like to play that. Uh, you know, for us, it it uh, you know sometimes it actually helps our liability uh, a lot in some cases. Uh, you know, Rory is a big ticket holder. You know, we get a lot of volume on Rory. Uh, you know, we get a lot of volume on DJ Scheffler. Uh, and, and believe it or not, you know, uh, I know we can talk about Tiger a little bit, but, you know, Tiger is selling a lot of tickets. Mm. Uh, you know, people still believe he can win. I think he can win. Um, you know, they're interested in that. So there's always a lot, a lot, a lot of liability with him, but uh, he didn't make it this week. Carl, when you watch, you're the former golfer, you know, you study these swings. When you're watching this tournament, you know, which guy do you think swing's going to hold up? Assuming the weather stays as placid as it's been the last, it uh, looks like this morning uh, as it's going, which swing do you think will hold up under the pressure? You know, one of the things that I looked at last night that I was real interested in, and for today I can't wait to see how it plays out. So uh, generally when a player finds something you know, like Adam Scott did in yesterday's round two. I mean, he shot seven under yesterday. Um, you know, he's uh, he's in range and he's at sixty to one. Mm. Um, you know, that's that's the type of bet that I would be looking for. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of times, all it takes for a player of these calibers is to find something. You know, seven under yesterday. You know, he could follow it up with you know five or six under today. I mean, you got a chance to get him at sixty to one. Um, I, I like that type of stuff. His swing is pure, um, you know, and that's the type of golfer that I like in a situation like this. And we've already seen one guy go out, Kevin Kisner, shoot a 65 today, seven under. So the scores are out there to be had, yep. to y'all's point. Uh, very quickly, something Mike and I talked a little bit about earlier in the show. And, Carl, I'm just curious from, from what you've seen from the gambler's perspective here. Do people trust with their money – Scotty Sheffer, number one player in the world, one at the Masters, right? He's got the green jacket, and he's right now starting off the day here just five shots back. Are you seeing any volume coming on, on Scotty, or is it still more the Rory McIlroy's right now? 
Yeah, you know, uh, to, to be honest with you, you know, both of those guys get so much volume before the tournament starts. Uh, I mean, you, you know, right now you're getting the people that didn't get down on those guys. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to get in a little bit on there. But for the most part, um, you know, that those guys have already been taken before the tournament started. So, uh, you know, now they're looking at, uh, at, at, you know, like I said, Adam Scott, uh, Hatton, um, you know, you can get Hatton at 22 to one, Hovland at eight and a half to one. That's the type of players that you're looking at right now that they don't already have. Uh, so they're just looking to yeah. hedge a little bit. Sounds smart. You know, to me, Carl, I was telling this to David today when we started the show, it seems like the book. I mean, yesterday when Rory was like on the hole two, his odds weren't moving. I, like, it seems like the book thinks that Rory's going to win this thing. Yeah, I think so, Mike. Uh, you know, I mean, he's, you know, you just look at his form in the last few tournaments. Uh, I mean, Rory, you know, Rory has been able to, you know, he's, he's had one round in, in these tournaments that have cost him the tournament. Uh, so, you know, he's uh, he's at a track that he knows real well. Um, you know, if he gets a chance to, to keep it under control, he's going to be tough to beat. It's a great point about Rory. It, you know, normally, there is always one bugaboo somewhere. He hasn't had it yet. First two days, really solid. If Rory plays well today, I'll be very curious this time tomorrow what type of action, Carl, you see down there at Beau Rivage on Rory McIlroy. Uh, let's switch topics very quickly over to the SEC because I know down south – Bama's going to get bet, and right now they're the favorites to win the SEC uh, this year, minus $1.40. Georgia, of course, is the reigning defending national champion, and yet they're plus $1.50. And then with all the offseason with Jimbo, and boy, oh my goodness, the press conferences with he and Nick Saban, 16-1 to for, for Texas A&M. You see Arkansas long shot 50-1 with Ford at the same price in LSU. Uh, does this get down to a two-horse race again, Carl, or do you think there's any nibbles at A&M or beyond? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think we're we're I, I think we've got two teams that's up on the move. A lot of people aren't mentioning Kentucky, uh, but I think you got to throw Kentucky, Texas A&M in there. They're the next two teams trying to get up to the level with Georgia and Bama. Uh, but but check this out. So if you look at Bama and Georgia's uh, season schedule against teams and those teams projected wins, this is a pretty interesting stat. Alabama's projected wins against teams that they that, that play them is 6.4. Georgia's teams that they play, their projected wins average six. Georgia has seven teams on the schedule this year that have less than six wins projected for their season totals. Wow. So, I, you know, I, I think we're looking at more of the same. I think we got a couple of teams coming up. Um, and, you know, and then you got, uh, you know, you got Billy Napier at Florida and, uh, you know, we'll see what Kelly can do at LSU. But the, they, they may, you know, they're going to need a little time, but they may be the next two teams that try to make a move. Well, you got to think that LSU, and you're right there in their backyard. I mean, Kelly didn't take over an abandoned program. I mean, they recruit five stars left and right. And so how he gets it organized, it's the same thing with Florida. I think Florida with Richardson at quarterback and Billy Napier as the coach at 35 to 1, that's a pretty good recipe because these programs, it's not like pro football. You don't change the coach because you haven't drafted well or, you know, you've got no players. It's usually because something happened, the season went wrong, obviously – Orgeron off the field stuff. So, you know, like to me, you walk into a pretty, I mean, Brian Kelly's walking into a good situation. Don't you think, Carl? Yeah, I mean, he really is. I mean, you know, who wouldn't want that? I mean, their facilities are outstanding. They recruit well every year. And like you say, they get the five-star uh, players, you know. Uh, they, they just got to put it together. I, you know, I think, they, I think they've got to find their identity under Brian Kelly. Um, you know, and we'll see what type of type of team that they are. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, Napier is going to coach up Florida, uh, and we'll see if Kelly can do the same thing at LSU. I'm sure that Carla didn't really affect uh, how many tickets you you took, but after the whole hubbub with Nick and Jimbo, what's the? How do you think that all shakes out? Is that like now it's already forgotten in SEC world, or do you think there's some lasting things to come out of that? Well, you know, uh, we we talked about Mike and I. Michael and I talked about this the other night. I, you know, he knows those guys. I don't know them, but just from my perspective, I, you know, 
those two guys are, are alpha males. I mean, <laughs> they're going to go at each other. They're going to try to beat their brains out of each other. But in the end, I think they're still friends. I think it creates that dynamic uh, that it probably was already there. Uh, and, you know, everybody wants to knock Saban off. And, you know, Jimbo, uh, you know, the problem with Jimbo is he hadn't been able to win the big game, like Michael says. Uh, so, I, you know, I think this rivalry was already there. And, that, you know, that little spat that they had, I think it just inflamed some of that. But I think they're friends at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Hey, very quickly, got about 30 seconds. What's on the menu today? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to – I don't know what I'm going to do today. I'm, I'm going to try to get to Florida here later on this afternoon. I still got a few days of vacation. Uh, but uh, it'll be something good, I promise you. Maybe steak or either some seafood. I can't wait to see there you on go, Twitter. Carl. That's all I know. You got to follow job. him on Twitter. He's a great follow on Twitter at uh, Jig Jack Johnson as well. Carl, really appreciate it as well, my friend. And I got to say, I think the Gulf of Mexico is better than the Black Sea or whatever it is over there <laughs> in Ireland. It looks pretty good. Carl, have a great rest of your Saturday. Take care, guys. Have a good one. There he is, everybody. Carl Carl. Johnson. Coming on back right here, hour number two of the Lombardi Line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.